raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favourite things. Ah, yes. My favourite things. That is why we are here with Justin Smith. Hello, Justin Smith. Uh, I love the idea of this segment. Well, this you, is cracking. This are, is cracking, mate. You are guest number one on Favourites, mm. uh, and uh, what an appropriate time it is. You've just had a book released, and uh, and it's just basically it's a good excuse to catch up with an old mate. Oh, thank you, mate. I appreciate it. And what's going to be great about this is every answer is original. You know, it's not like someone's going to say, oh, that guy said that last week or whatever. So, mate, it's good to be the first. It's good to be the virgin favourite. Exactly. Well, I should explain what the segment is about. It's, oh, well, sorry. And as I say, it's an excuse to catch up with a mate, which is which is great. But it, uh, we will also look at some of Justin's favourite things, whether it be <laughs> favourite sporting moment, favourite actor, favourite, uh, you know, dance. It could be... <laughs> Favourite anything. I actually have a list mm. that I have made of 50 different things that you can have favourites of. We won't, we won't ask all of them because we won't have the oh, time. Oh, no, no, you do, what you, you do what you want, mate. I'll do the full 50 if you want. I'll, I'm in your hands. Too. But first of all, uh, I, I should say, because there's always a constant turnover in the radio audience, for those who don't know Justin Smith, uh, well, the question is, where have you been? Because Justin Smith, <laughs> uh, I was going to use, uh, thinking about this before uh, I called you, Justin, I, I was thinking, how do I introduce him? And I was going to say jack of all trades. But the, the, the bad thing about saying that is that the second part of that expression is master of none which doesn't apply <laughs> because yeah, you, oh, well, you, you, you are a jack of all trades because you've, you've conquered radio uh, television uh, journalism you're writing journalism you're podcasting uh, and now uh, an author so you've sort of done it all a published author is uh, you know, a sensational way to cap all this stuff off uh, so to say jack of all trades is appropriate but master of none is, is certainly not right well, you're very kind, mate. I'm not sure if the word conquered applies to, to all of those things, but I've certainly enjoyed the journey. And, uh, you know, I've, I've loved radio. I've loved, uh, you know, still doing a lot of television. And uh, But writing is just this sort of this blissful uh, thing that I get to do. And it, it's just, God, it's a treat. And it's such a privilege. You know, I, I don't know. I think if you've got the opportunity to write words, and someone prints them and, and distributes them out into the public. I just don't think there's anything like that. No, it's not. Nice, you know, I, I, I don't know what sort of tops that for me. You know, it's it's just such a great thing. And and you know, I'm, and and now the idea of writing a fourth book is something I didn't think you know would be sort of on the cards. But sitting sitting here this morning, you know, working on a fourth book and getting involved in it, I'm just. Thrill to the back teeth, old boy. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Um, now, last time we spoke, I think you just released Cooper Not Out. Yeah, yeah. Which was about uh, cricket, because you, you love a bit of sport. It was about cricket. I do like sport. I, you know, I like to think that the books are about a lot of different things, you know, and sport is sort of a little bit at the centre. So it was about an old big fat country cop uh, in Victoria who plays cricket for Australia. And I made the whole thing up. And, but it is set in a real game uh, between Australia and the West Indies in 1984. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that's still out. You know, I'd love people to have a look at it because I, I love that book and I love the characters in it and, and the world that's in it. I really miss them. I miss some of the characters. It sort of feels like <laughs> some of them you think, Geez, I'm, 
wonder what such and such is up to. I must give them a text and see how they're going, you know, and you realise, oh, no, it's somebody I just made up and they actually don't really exist. But um, that does happen. That's the sad part of the journey. Uh, and the new one, which has just come out, is uh, an Australian Western. It's a rewriting of the very first Melbourne Cup from 1861. And uh, I've just always I've loved Westerns, you know, guns and saddles. And, yes. And, and, you know, shootouts and, you know, chestfuls of gold and wagons and things. I just always loved that kind of crap. And I thought, I was sitting with a friend and I thought, we were just talking, and he's a Western fan too. We, I, I remember the exact moment we were having dinner just down the road from where I live, and he said to me, um, oh, you should write a Western, because we just both loved them. We were talking about Westerns, Clint Eastwood and, and whatever, and I said, oh. And I thought, why? And then all of a sudden I just thought of the first Melbourne Cup, and I thought, I'm doing it. I'm away. I've got it. I've got the first Melbourne Cup. I've got the genre. I'm off, baby. Because the, fir- the first Melbourne yeah. Cup was sort of mid-1800s, wasn't it? Uh, 1861, yeah. 1861. Yeah, great time to write that particular story. Yeah, yeah. And look, we, 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 just, we just had so much gold. And, and, it, and things haven't changed in a lot of ways. You know, Melbourne still tries to attract, and Victoria still tries to attract big sporting events. Not the Commonwealth Games, obviously. You know, we couldn't be bothered with that. But, but you know, we try to. You know, we've got the the um, Australian Open. You know, we've got the Grand Prix and whatever. And and back then it was kind of the the version of the Grand Prix where they said, "Hey, listen, we want a big event around horse." You know, and what was the big thing of the day? It was horse racing. You know, so, so sadly we were a couple of years off Formula One being invented. But um, you know, they said, "Hey, listen, you know, what do we want?" So they they based it on a race in. Um, uh, the UK, which was a big one. You know, it was just a handicap, long race, big event, big field, big prize money, let's go. And they put it together and they did it. And I, and for me is the... Um, hey, can I just read you the very first part of the book? This yeah, please. The flavor. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's, very, it's very short, but this is the first part of the book. Sure. The first, the first Melbourne Cup was run on the 7th of November, 1861. The prestigious new horse race offered 930 gold sovereigns to the winner, but before the prize could be given, it was stolen. And this is what happened. And that's the start of the book. Yeah, nice. So, so it's about you know it's about the money getting stolen. But look, there's also a lot in there about racism and animal welfare and just some things that I'm kind of passionate about as well. You know, it's not jammed down your throat, but it's you know there's things in there that I I care about and. Um, and I kind of love this state. I love writing about Victoria. Yeah. You know, uh, you, know you can pick up books from about America and the UK and all those things. That's fine, but I kind of like writing some local stuff. I was about to make that same point. It's, it wasn't all that long ago that um, that we, we really, and, and I, I guess to a point we still do, there's a bit of a cultural cringe where yeah. we, we just don't seem proud enough of uh, of our own country to, to write about it. And it's the same with songs. There's a, a few people who have done well with writing songs ab- about Australia, mm. Skyhooks, Paul Kelly and the like. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but uh, mostly, you know, the, the songs we all grew up on, you know, I Left My Heart in San Francisco, New York, New York. And, By the time I get to Phoenix, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and even as know, a kid, it, London Bridge is falling down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you wrote by the time I get to Sunbury, yeah. you know, it probably may not sell or people would say, oh, that's a little bit daggy. But I agree with you and I love using Australian words. I also like writing Australian dialogue yes. because for years, you know, we've had American slang and UK slang. We've had to figure out what it is and, you know, people in other parts of the world, whatever. Well, you know, I, I really sort of like writing something for us. It gives me a little bit of a tickle. 
you know, when people feel not, you know, not overly Australian, you know, don't say crikey and yeah. buy jingos and sort of garbage like that. Yeah, copper digger, but, but just real stuff that's about us. And, um, that, that, you know, and, and, it's, and I just love characters. I love putting characters together and making them do things. Yeah. You know, so. When you write, because I, I'm not a published writer, but I, I love writing myself. I, yeah. I, I sat down yeah. and wrote a movie. And uh, and when I wrote that, I pictured people I know as the the characters that I was writing about. It made it a lot easier for me to mm. to develop yep. a character yep. uh, because they were yep. they were in my mind people that I know. Is is there a similarity here with you? Do you do the same thing? Yeah, there is. But sometimes you don't see them completely. You feel them. Mm. You know, you don't have like a really a, a, a vivid description of of everything, it's almost you just feel their age and you feel their look. And that sort of seems more important to me. Because I'll tell you this, I mean, for me, I really like readers to be able to fill that in. So if I was describing you, I know you love to wear your hat. Yes. And, you know, and you're a big hat guy. I would sort of say, pick up something like that. And that's probably all I'd say about you. I'd know that you're a man and that you're about this age. And that, you know, there's a hat or something that sort of, you know, sets you apart. But then I would let the dialogue and the story tell who you are. I yeah. wouldn't say, oh, he, you know, he's got this on and he was about this weight and he was about this height and whatever. Because I love people seeing that themselves. And I'll tell you a thing I did in, in this Western, in, the, in Good as Gold. There's a dog in there which is featured right throughout the story. And it's a sort of important part of the story. There's a dog. I haven't said one word about what the dog looks like or what breed it is. I just say it's a dog. And every time someone reads the book, I ask them, what's what's the dog? And they all have a different answer. Yeah. They all say, oh, it's a blue healer, or it's a Kelpie, or it's a Labrador. You know, they've got a, they picture their own dog. Yeah. And for me, that's a bit of the, the, the beauty of novel writing and, and, and fiction is you fill that in, yes. you know? Um yeah, uh, you know, know, I love that. You know, the only the only danger there is if it uh, gets made into a, a telly movie, miniseries, whatever. Then people people who have formed their own impressions when you do the casting, they go, "That's not what that person looks like." Well, look, I tell you what. I mean, as long as I get the royalty check, I couldn't get it done. Don't stuff. care. Exactly. You know, look, they can make it a cat if they want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, well, that, no, uh, you I know what? Care. And that's the sad thing is, if it ever did happen, that's quite, quite possibly what they would say. Oh, there's well, good, good bones to it here, but no, we're changing the cat to we're changing the dog to a cat. Okay. Look, I tell you what's lovely. I'll tell you something that's lovely is that uh, they do an audio book, right? Um, yeah. For the for this. And the and my publisher Penguin, uh, the audio people make contact, and they asked me to cast it as a movie. So they said, alive or dead, any actor, it doesn't matter. It just gives us an idea of what that person looks like. You right. know, if you were making a movie, and that was good fun because you sort of go, oh, look, I want Sean Connery in this part. I want Gene Hackman in this part. I want you know, I want Mel in this. Part. That's <laughs> you know, interesting, like, isn't you, it? And and you just throw them names and you pick pick them up there and. Um, and that was good. That's a, a good fun thing to do. That, yeah. and, and can you tell us who you uh, chose, or rather not? No, I look. I probably no. I really won't. If no. That's okay. No, no. Because no, I, for, for the reason I just said, I really love um, people to. So there's a, a character, mother, mother pink, 
and she's the head of this uh, gang called the, the Pink Gang. And uh, and she is an old, I think I can use this term, because she's an old street hooker yep. from Melbourne, right, and, and becomes a thief. And, you know, to me, I've got a, a really clear feeling in mind and I've got a, an actress in mind that would be perfect for the role. But I want, you know, when you pick up the book, and I really want people to read the book, do read it. I want them to tell me what Mother Pink looks like. Yeah. I don't want, you know, I don't want, I'm not telling them. They're going to tell me what Mother Pink looks like, you know. And yeah. that's, you know, that's that's why I sort of, I tend to keep all that, I really try to keep a bit of that stuff secret because I've, yeah, no, that's not, nice. for my, not for me, but for anyone reading. Yeah, so, no, yeah. no, that's that's nice. Uh, all right, Good as Gold is the book. Justin Smith is the author. It's out now. Came out on my birthday, actually, which is uh, great news. Oh, so, well, that, that was well planned. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, thank you for that. It's a, a, a nice little tribute. I know it was a subconscious thing, but nice little tribute <laughs> to me. One of, one of your biggest right. influences in life. <laughs> Justin Smith, I'm going to now throw some random things at you. If you've got nothing to say about uh, you know, no, no particular solution, Election, just say not nah, next, and we can move on to something else. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, fantastic. Oh, so, oh, that's good. I'm glad because it might get embarrassing for me. You yeah. know, and, um, and, yeah. and some of some of these will be sort of deep thinking. And well, actually, no. As I look at the list, none of them really are. They're all quite shallow. We well, haven't got things like a favourite female body part or anything like that, have we? No, no. But if, did you want to start with that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, all right. Let's let's go with uh, favorite smell. Favorite smell. Oh, I love it. Look. Oh, gee, favorite smell. I think for me, the the sort of smell of cooking meat. You know, sort of meat and onions sort of getting cooked together. Oh, yeah. I think you know when you when you walk home and and there's you know whatever it be like a slow cooked lamb or something with rosemary, you sort of cop that first smell. It doesn't get much better than that. No. It used to be. It used many many decades ago. It used to be tobacco. But, oh, you know, yeah, yeah but not 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 these days, baby. Former smoker, reform smoker. Do you give people a hard time when you see them smoking? No, no, I don't. But I, I also. Think, God, what the hell was I doing to myself? Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so anyway, but yeah, but yeah, just meat and onions and rose bran, stuff like that. Favorite restaurant? Mm. I'm going to go my mate's uh, restaurant in Carlton, uh, Rathdown Street, La Luna, Adrian Richardson's oh, yeah. restaurant, followed closely behind by Pellegrini's. Oh, yeah, very nice. Uh, because, you know, for different reasons. One's a bit of a slower one and the other one's just that kind of beautiful Melbourne atmosphere that you get in Pellegrini. So that, between those two. Yeah, they're, they're two great ones, rippers. Mm. Favourite cartoon character? You know what? I, I mean, I get, a bit jack, like, I get a bit jack of everything being American, but I did like, when I was a kid, I did like Daffy Duck. And I'll tell you why, because Bugs Bunny was just this kind of like insipid sort of everything went right for him and he was cool yeah. and all those kind of things. But Daffy was, you know, always really getting ticked off, you know, and he just he did anger so beautifully and yeah. things didn't go right for him and he would just go nuts, you know, and I thought that's reality. Yeah. <laughs> so as much as you can get from a duck. So uh, it's probably Daffy Duck. And that whole duck season, rabbit season, duck season. Duck thing, season it, always season. ended up with, with Daffy getting his head blown off. It was always well, unfair. Yeah, yeah. And when he was uh, Robin Hood, or when uh, it was just the greatest. 
like uh, Adept's the greatest cartoon of all time, Robin Hood. So yes. That's very funny. He was anyway. also also very good in Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half <laughs> century. Remember that? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, yeah, gorgeous. You know what? I, I, w- I would choose Donald Duck along similar lines because Mickey Mouse was always the one who always you know solved everyone's problems, and Donald yeah, was yeah. just this angry uh, thing that <laughs> nothing ever mm. went right for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, favorite clothing item? Mm. Favorite clothing scarves. I oh yeah, them. yeah. You do yeah. love a scarf, yeah. don't you? I love a scarf. And, and I, I, it's just the kind of accessory thing that I just love. For some, I don't know why, but if I see a colour that I sort of haven't got and kind of like the look of it, I will buy it. And my wife will say, my God, you know, how many more scarves do you really <laughs> need? I said, darling, I haven't got, this is sort of a mustardy colour and I kind of like it. And, you know, so, yeah, for some reason, I just, I... I kind of like them, and they're sort of something you can sort of fiddle with and change on your neck, and and just have hanging down. I, uh, yeah, and in Melbourne too, you've got to find something to fight the weather with, otherwise yeah. you go crazy. Uh, now, favourite teacher? Hmm. There was a guy called uh, Ian Turpin, and he was. It's so funny because I'm writing something at the moment that's sort of taking me back to my primary school days. Yeah. And uh, Ian Turpin was a primary school teacher at the Echuca Village Primary School, which Jeffrey Kennett closed down. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> uh, but the Echuca Village, but I don't harbour any grudge. The Echuca Village Primary School, um, and Ian Turpin was a um, a teacher there, and he sort of came in. And he just sort of really gave me a bit of, and I was just a kid, you know, skinny kid who just didn't know his, you know, his bum from his elbow. But I just, he just, he really liked poetry, Banjo Patterson, things like that. And he just really sort of kicked in with a love of words for me. And, and it was just that, you know, he just, he was, he loved sort of reciting little bits of poetry and whatever. And, and I sort of loved the rhythm of the words. And even though I it was a long, you know, I wasn't a great student ever. But it, it was the beginning of that feeling of words. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's mm. that's interesting. I, I had a teacher in primary school, Mr. Faulkner, Bob Faulkner. And oh, I, yeah. one of my fondest memories of primary school was him reading to us. Uh, we sat, sat us all down on the floor, cross-legged as we had to back in the day. Mm. And he read us Henry Lawson's The Loaded Dog about the, the mm-hmm. yeah, we, they're going to blow something up. I can't remember what it was. They light mm-hmm. the dynamite, they throw it, and the dog fetches it and tries to bring it back to the owner. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is a, it's, it's a ripper it's story. But I, I, rem, I remember him um, just giggling hysterically as he read the book, and and it's remained one of my fondest memories yeah. was was his love for uh, for reading you know, that wonderful Stories. old stuff. Yeah. Yeah, story, Australian stories, and and uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, bless him for that. Bless both of them. Uh, favorite board game. Oh, favorite board game. It used to be Monopoly, but my my kids um, wife won't play it with me anymore because um, I have a competitive streak that gets very daffy duck very quickly. Um, so uh, yeah, there there are only select people that will play it with me. <laughs> but, do you have Do you have a Monopoly strategy? Yeah, buy everything. Okay. And then when you need the cash, you just mortgage it. You know what my strategy so. is? And I, I shouldn't mm. say this, but it, it, it mm. works for me every time, whether I'm playing against people or AI. Mm. You go the light blue ones. 
the um, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. On, on that first on that first yeah, road. Yeah. Forget Old Kent Road Essence and Whitechapel. Street. Essence, yeah, 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 yeah. Essence yeah. Street or whatever it is. No, no, no. It's something like that. Uh, Court. I don't, yeah, but yeah, it's the little light blue ones. I got you. Yeah, I remember that. I go for those ones because they're cheap to buy, cheap to put hotels on. But if you get the set early enough in the game, everyone will eventually land on them, and you end up with a truckload of money, and, and then you can buy all the others. It, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's good. It's good. Uh, you know, like, yeah, buy buy as much as you can and have no mercy. That's yeah. the only only thing you need to yeah. remember. Uh, Favorite flower or plant. Favorite flower? I oh, look. I, I love a rose. To be honest, yeah. yeah, love a rose. Yeah, and and as far as like a plant goes, like a just a tree, like a gum tree. Yeah, is uh, is great. And and um, uh, but the rose. I mean, you can't sort of beat it uh, for a look, can you? There's no. just something about that that sort of flower um, that that sort of uh, inspires songs and melts the heart. Yeah, lovely. And last last one, I'll let you go after this last one. one. Yeah, last one. Favourite TV show which is no longer in production. So think right back over your life. It's, and it's a tough question because there's so many. Mm. I reckon I wanted to go The Goodies or, uh, yeah. or MASH or something like that. But the show that I got the most out of and enjoyed the most and, and the best television, probably The West Wing. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, was was the show that I just thought, oh, this is cool. I just love it. I love the dialogue and the, the snappiness and everything to it. It was just the show that I was sort of dedicated to there at one point. So it was probably, probably that one, I would say. Yeah, yeah. nice. Excellent. Hmm. Well, What's it's, yours? Uh, well, it, it is tough, isn't it? And I did say it was tough because I would agree with the goodies and uh, and shows like hmm. that. I think at, at the moment, my, mine changes sort of on a weekly basis. But right now, I'm in the mood for moonlighting. I just love moonlighting. Moonlighting. The, the, yeah, yeah. the play between Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis, I think, was fantastic. They broke that fourth wall and spoke to the audience, looking straight down the barrel of the camera, just as an occasional thing. Um, I, I just thought it was wonderful. It was, and they had funny little moments, like when they were running short, you know, when there was a writer's strike on. They stopped the episode ten minutes early and then had to fill it. So they, uh, so, so they got uh, the little guy out, and uh, I've forgotten his name, but they they made mm. him they made him basically mime to the song "Wooly Bully" just to fill out time. Like, <laughs> It was it was it was just so wonderfully. Um, it, it just sort of took the Mickey out of every other TV show in that sense. So I, I have a great fondness for it. Yeah, love it, love yeah. it. Good choice, good choice. Justin, yeah. lovely That's to catch up. up with you. Justin Smith, Good as Gold is the book out now uh, in all good bookstores and even some bad ones, and uh, available online. Uh, is there any? And where else can people catch you at the moment? You you appear on yeah, uh, like telly all over the place. Yeah, I'm on Sunrise uh, on Channel Seven. A couple time on uh, Sky News on a Wednesday night with Chris Kenny. Still writing the columns in the Herald Sun, and uh, I try to make a, a little bit of trouble where I can, which is fun. <laughs> Making trouble's fun. Yeah, like then, let's not pretend it's not. You know, <laughs> well, you know, writing a column and then watching a few people jump around because of it is a great pleasure. Yeah, and and one I hope I have for many years. Uh, well, I, I enjoyed the the podcast, which I, I don't think you've been doing the podcast for a while. You've been too busy. I haven't yeah, seen no, it come I've through. Yeah, look, I've been really concentrating. But I, 
I'm, I'm looking at relaunching another podcast with an old friend, and I'll let you know some detail about that. But um, I, um, I'm really being, you know, the, the books take up in a, in a very nice way, but the books take up quite a lot of time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, Justin. Lovely. You're a gem. You're a gem, mate. You're an institution. Oh, and no, we have... I, lo- I love the way you do things, and uh, I love the way you talk to people. And, and long may you do that too. Oh, well, you're very kind indeed. Oh, always good to catch up with you, Justin Smith. Thank you, mate.